0: You're listening to Curated Podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Simon Mulvaney of Save the Bees Australia. He's a regular contributor to the program. Welcome again. There's this uh, choice.com.au story. Choice did a timely piece on the honey issue.
1: Choice didn't go to any other honey packers. They didn't speak to Beechworth, Peninsula Honey. They didn't mention the Honey Map. They didn't mention markets. They went to Capilano to talk to Capilano. And when I asked Choice about that, they said, well, Capilano have been in the the press a lot. And I said, well, that's because I've been writing about them, but no one came to me. But what was really shocking, and this is the first time I've really started to see the conspiracies in Australia for real was I wrote about Choice's article and its lack of communication um, on change.org petition and then change.org contacted me and said look Choice have contacted us and said take down the article Um, and they thank God change.org had some integrity they rang me and said we've been told to take this article down that you've written but we don't see anything wrong with it, so we're keeping it up there. But we thought we have to let you know through transparency that Choice have actually tried through the back door to get articles removed. Hmm. So they're meant
0: to be independent. Right. So some of um, the questions that they put to Ben McKee, CEO of Capilano Honey, is imported honey containing harmful antibiotics being used in Australia?
1: I can talk about the broad beekeeping industry
0: in Australia. Mm. I
1: won't talk about Capilano as such. Okay. Um, but one of Australia's most famous beekeepers, his name's Geoffrey Gibbs. He um, lives in, in Queensland and he got out of honey and got into beeswax. And he knows commercial beekeeping very well. There is a bit of a issue we've seen obviously the imported honey scandal and we've seen that even some Australian honeys are been testing for sugars. The next scandal that's going to pop up on the ABC in Four Corners is the use of illegal antibiotics on bees in Australia. There's a nickname for it. It's called Ollie's Lolly and I'm not saying every commercial beekeeper uses it but according to the ABK article that Geoffrey Gibbs wrote, 80% of beekeepers are using it and their preventative um, dosing. Unfortunately, some of these beekeepers don't have the best understanding about how antibiotics work mm. and they're using it as an immunization to get disease before the start of the season
0: and this is to deal with things like the mite. is
1: that the... no this is to deal with an infection it's legal to use antibiotics on an infection called european fowl brood but there's another infection where you should re- which is decimating hives at the moment called american fowl brood but with american fowl brood the antibiotics only affect the symptoms so they're, they're no cure. So as long as you keep on feeding the antibiotics, the hive will will live. But eventually you stop, it becomes contagious. Other bees rub out that hive, and it spreads the disease so rapidly. Actually, so you're actually better off better off to let natural. No, process no, you have to burn them by law. You have if to you've burn, got, the, burn the beehive. Yep, yeah, got to burn the beehive and the bees. So um, so everything
0: is tainted, the honey, the beehive, and the bees. Well, and, yep, the and China and
1: have, have have said to Australia, if you have any AFB spores in the honey that you send over, we will not take it. And that you know company or beekeeping operation that sends it over here will never take honey from again. So they've taken a really tight line on mm. imports. Mm. And then whereas in Australia, we accept anything so someone could go down to the supermarket buy one of these imported honeys accidentally miss the rubbish bin the bees rob it my bees rob it they come back with this american fowl brood infection and then you know a community like ours can get it so commercial beekeepers say never put your bees near rubbish tips mm. because the
0: bees will forage on some of this imported honey oh, really right Just going back to this list of questions uh, on the Choice article, is Capilano concealing the country of origin of its honey from from consumers? So the labelling laws have just
1: been updated, changed. Hmm. Capilano have been within the laws in in what they've represented on, on the label. I've probably had a thousand people write to me, or maybe not a thousand, but a hell of a lot, saying that they used to buy the Olari-branded honey, thinking it was 100% Australian honey. But if they had been more careful and diligent, they may have read on the back that it was from local imported ingredients because there was a drought. Whether there was a drought or not, I I don't know over that period. But from my understanding, it was within the laws. Um, So now you have to put the amount of Australian on the packet when people are reading those labels now, there's been a bit of hysteria because it's as low as 20% or in some cases less than 10% Australian. So we're waking up to realise this has been going on for a long time. Uh, But worse, I think, and I haven't been able to get a clear answer from Capilano or any other honey packers that import, why can't they put the country on it, where it comes from, and how much from that country? And one silly answer in the chat room sympathizer for Capilano said well there's too many countries i said what do you mean he goes well they mix it in a big vat and there's five different countries sometimes so do you think they should put five different countries on the label and i said well yeah like you could put argentina china mexico yeah australian it's it's not that hard
0: to put four words on well Capilano even admitted in this choice interview that they sell Hundi under well under the brands lowry Barnes in victoria smiths in western australia and according to McKee, these brands of honey may contain imported honey from accredited suppliers in Argentina, Mexico, and China. So it's not that hard, is it? Just to make, made from local and imported ingredients from Argentina, Mexico, and China. Look, the other thing Ben McKee said
1: to me on that note was, Simon, why do I have to label with country of origin, but no one else does in the supermarket? And then he said, in Woolworths, 80% of the packaged goods now are, are done in China, and you know it was mind-boggling to think that mm. is that, that they're probably getting all our good produce and we're getting this packaged good stuff which is fine if we know it's coming from China but uh, I, I never knew that most of the food at Woolworths was China. Same with,
0: same with Aldi same with Coles uh, and you often, you know, to actually see the country of origin or see where it's made, is, it, it's like you need a microscope to find it. It's like buried in print. No, it doesn't fine print. exist
1: on a lot of, on the packaged goods. It exists on fruit and seafood. Hmm. And the, I've got a petition with 165,000 signatures now. Hmm. Not one person from the government's contacted me. And all I want is the country
0: of origin on honey. It should be like a basic piece of information which is you know which is in one consistent place on products rather than wherever they choose to put it and if you've got a box with six sides and they've got lots and lots of text and, and different colors and all sorts of things for them to bury that information in it can be it can actually be really hard to get that information when it is available
1: i think what's been achieved and and I'll blame the supermarkets on this and the big big honey packers is that People are scared to get their honey from supermarkets now. And you've got this thriving market industry and small producers are doing better than ever in yeah, honey. Yep. And
0: no doubt in my mind that this can spread to other food industries. And and this is the thing that's really important about what you've done in, in being a whistleblower for the honey industry because it, it has highlighted this issue of food fraud. And that was one of the things that came out with the 7.30 report, which has been done. And there's actually been some follow-up research done, which I forwarded to you, is highlighted this issue of of food fraud. Of you know what are, what are you actually eating? You know, I, I, I must say, from?
1: apparently Capilano weren't aware that that honey they are importing, and and I think Capilano was still saying that it, it is honey,
0: um, despite the NMR testing saying it's not. Are you able to tell me the things you're allowed to say and not allowed to say? Just, I mean. Can you say that? Um, Can you tell me the things that you've been um, gagged or suppressed on?
1: Well, well, it's a public document. What I'm not allowed to say. Yeah.
0: So it, it's very difficult. You can't because, say that. we well, can't say food fraud and Capilano in, in one sentence at the no, same time. No. What uh, else?
1: I, I, I can't say much about pollution, and Capilano honey. And and this goes back into the caper I found myself in at the start when I first got the summons. I got a highly regarded senior counsel miraculously offering to do the job for me in Sydney it ends up he works for Kerry Stokes who owns Capilano he says Simon agreed to these terms I was thinking he was on my side he wanted to win the case no I've agreed to some terms that I can't say that I hadn't even been saying anyway and then it was only later I thought how come they're So you
0: had a a lawyer randomly contact you. This is early on when the whole thing started a couple of years ago. You had a lawyer randomly uh, contact you saying, I will represent you in this matter with Capilano. I will represent your interests. And it turns out that that person actually works for... uh, Kerry Stokes. Kerry Stokes, who is one of the the main owners of Capilano. And he he explained it a bit. Did he he fess up to that? Did he acknowledge that connection straight up? He he, He
1: did our relationship obviously soured. Mm. Um, I didn't think he was working for me at all. Have you ever had event. any contact with Kerry Stokes about any of this? Any direct contact? I followed my intuition a lot on this case and I had a mediation meeting and Ben McKee was sitting at the end table and he was cowering but he he didn't seem to be giving directions to the senior counsel Sandy Dawson I was talking to. And I wrote about it. It's you know another thing they wanted taken down. I don't think Ben's running that company.
0: Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPP on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.